What was the thing I was going to talk about that wasn't the dialysis machine that doesn't exist? We're serving films that are LGBT. We're serving Netflix, watch instantly. We're serving shade and we're serving tea. We're serving realness with a double E. Work. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello there. This is Ben. And uh, I'm David. And you're listening to Serving Realness, which is, it seems silly to tell people what they're listening to. They had to go out of their way to find this po- It's not like, you know, iTunes recommends that you listen to Maybe ser- it does. To who? Maybe, I don't know, to people interested in I mean, I, I gay think cinema. You'd have to be pretty far down. I think we're probably pretty far down on the list, even of gay cinema. What's ahead of us? Po- there's um, everyone's favorite gay cinema podcast. Streaming does, Queens. Does Bette Midler do a thing that I don't... She and do a Bette movie Midler's podcast? Bette movie podcast. Lady Gaga has a gay movie podcast oh. that she does. It's very popular with the... Um, what do they call the The monsters? The little monsters? Mm-hmm. They just eat that up. Um, I went to that that, ga- that Lady Gaga thing. Oh, that's right. And it was crazy. Recently, Lady Gaga <laughs> was in New York City. She hosted Saturday Night Live. And David saw a, um, a, a private... Live performance. It was a pro- very tiny private thing for just me and about fifteen thousand <laughs> other people. Oh, I thought it was just like a private. <laughs> it was. It was private. Show. I guess there was a lot of people there. It didn't feel. You know. It was yeah, that doesn't. Fifteen thousand feels like. Ooh, that maybe be... that was an exaggeration. But there's a lot. It was a lot of people dressed in um, crazy fishnets and meat. I was dressed uh, the most, probably the most conservatively of anyone at the whole thing. Um, and I, I instantly felt like someone's dad, I, like or my own dad, I guess. Um, I felt yeah. like so. Doc, I feel like Anthony Smithyman walking into that event, and so I had right. his reactions where someone walked, by, and I, I sort of surprised myself where this person walked by us in a um, a man in a in a sports bra oh. and heels, and I was like, it's sort of a mixed message. I feel like it's a mixture of safety and danger. There was a the lot of that bra happening. And heels. <laughs> But it, and it seemed dressed down and dress up, you know, at the same time. Where, uh-huh, sure. But I, I ended up, I sort of felt like, I felt like the, I had a very dad reaction where I was like, doesn't, should, I don't know. Let's uh, introduce our guest. <laughs> Sorry. So he we feels, no, no, place, I think we should continue talking about this. I was enjoying this. that, yeah. <laughs> but I want him <laughs> to. sit patiently. I want, to, I want him to feel like he can join the conversation <laughs> right, and, no, I think and not right. be you're a totally mystery right. to everyone. No, you're totally right. Because you, be, you were being very polite about not talking. Oh, well, thank you. It's a test that <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. And you, you have passed. <laughs> test? Good. You were very polite. <laughs> you, neither of you mentioned the sports bra that I'm wearing right now, which I think is very polite. You can't stop looking at the pumps. Thanks. Well, yeah, I wear sensible flats with mine, so. Um, so everybody, this is Tyler Coates, and um, Tyler, why don't you tell people a little bit about uh, yourself? Sure. Um, I write uh, about pop culture for Flavor Wire, where I'm an editor there, and um, uh, love gay cinema. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who doesn't? Well, you kind yeah. of are forced to deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a as a man who sleeps with men. Yes. yes. And, and you- who loves to watch films <laughs> that reflect my experience. Didn't you, you also wrote, was it for Flavor Wire that you wrote a yeah, breakdown I did, of... I did do like a, a list of 50 essential LGBT movies. How oh, many wow. times was Not Another Gay Movie on there? Zero times. <laughs> not Zero essential. Times. No. Not essential. I've never even seen it. There was, I mean, to be fair, there were, I had not seen all 50. Okay. Um, and there are a couple I've, that I've seen since then, but I'd seen most of them. 
That's fair. I mean, that's fair. I feel like I, before starting this podcast, I had seen maybe one, right? You know, movie in the gay and lesbian I section. I don't believe you. No, that's true. Uh, I, I never even, I never saw Brokeback Mountain, even. You know, so oh, okay. I was very new. I didn't even want to put that on the list, but I <laughs> felt like I had. To, I felt like if I didn't, someone would be like, "Oh, wow, you just didn't want to do that." It was like I'm sure it was the first uh, centrally gay themed Oscar nominated uh, film. Does well, that make sense? What I just Philadelphia, said? I would say. Oh yeah, Philadelphia. Philadelphia was oh, probably the right. first. Like, okay, uh, let me put the qualifier of non-AIDSy. Yeah, yes. Non-AIDSy. It's the first non-AIDSy movie. Non-AIDSy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that a thing on Netflix? Is that a sub No, it is. Yeah. Thing <laughs> Cerebral <laughs> AIDSy <laughs> films. It's the thing at the Strong Oscars. Female lead yeah. AIDSy undertones. It's the thing at the Oscars. Mary Louise Parker's in every uh, single any one. Any type of like, um, <laughs> you got AIDS and Holocaust mm-hmm. and. I'm sure there's oh you there's like the more, Oscar so. uh, any type of genocide it doesn't have to be a Jewish one right um, is good for the Oscars um, but yeah AIDS goes over real well with yeah. the voters they love AIDS over in the Oscars they do mm-hmm. that's yeah. what that Matthew isn't that Matthew McConaughey movie supposed to be so buzzy he, yeah he's an HIV patient oh. patient and that's Oscar, buzzy Oscar, straight Oscar Oscar right and yeah. that has I think a buzz isn't that is you know buzzy. better than I would it's oh it's extremely buzzy okay, good. that's what we've, <laughs> we've been calling <laughs> flavor we've wire been, offices are... oh everyone's buzzing about Dallas <laughs> Buyers Club right now for the weeks so you might <laughs> not remember this but it. we had a very strange we had we met before mm-hmm. and it was very strange and we met at a friend's show but mm-hmm. before that we'd had an email exchange that was bizarre I didn't know you from anybody <laughs> and I sent um, I sent you an email because um, I don't even know if I told you the whole story, but basically I um, did a lot of stand-up shows where Janine Garofalo was also on the show. And I love Janine Garofalo. I've always been a huge fan of Janine Garofalo. And um, like the third show, or um, I sat down next to her backstage while we were both waiting for our, our set. And um, I turned to her and I tried to say something you know, nice and fan-like. And I said, um, there was this one uh, stand-up special you did, and I just love what you said. It always sticks with me, and I have a religious family. And you were talking about religion and religious families, and whenever I deal with them, I think of it. And what you said was that you can't argue with religious people because the thing about religious people is that you're just wrong. And (laughs) she looked at me uh, blankly and then said, I never said that. (laughs) And I... I was like, in the inside, I was like, I'm sure you said that. I, I know you said that. It's also I, pretty much the worst that exchange can go. That's about, right. yeah. It's like, what, what are you, where do you go from there? And I was like, uh. She like negated I, your compliment it, by did. saying it like never existed. Just pulled the compliment rug <laughs> out from under me. It's also and, like a weird memento moment or like a weird like M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> conversation where, at, you know, at the end. She hadn't had it tattooed on her no. body. It's one of the few <laughs> few things she didn't tattoo on her body was that line. <laughs> I, I had nothing to do but eat a pile of shit. And then after the, you know, I didn't really think about it too much. Um, but then, you know, we were on another show again, maybe like a couple weeks later. Was that awkward? Um, it was awkward in the time being like right when she said, I never said that, like I didn't know how to, and then I just kept my, you know, she's just a strange individual. She's very funny, very talented, mm-hmm. maybe a little socially awkward. She's entitled. Uh, so, uh, but that I did feel extremely awkward in that situation. And then when I saw her again, I was like, you know what? I'm going to look for that stand up, and maybe we'll be on a show again. 
and um, you can what like I don't know I her? don't know where I was gonna go <laughs> like from cross there. examine her. <laughs> I was gonna be like, ha ha! She'll, like, she'll weep from the like, from the, oh, the box. Oh, somebody sent me this, this hilarious video on my phone. Play. <laughs> You're just you wrong. Like plug it into the, yeah, right. <laughs> the thing about being generic, Jenny Garofalo is you're just wrong. <laughs> uh, so then I, I don't know. I dug. I just I I googled everything I could to find this one particular special that she did for HBO, and I could not find it anywhere. Right. And then I came across Tyler's blog, um, which specifically mentioned this one, and you couldn't find it. And um, I don't, do you remember what I said sent to you? I don't, but. But it was about the 1997 HBO Comedy Hour special that I was, as a kid, I saw and taped on VHS. And I, I think I still have it on tape. Um, I don't have a VG, VCR anymore. It but was a while ago. It really, like, it. I was 14 when it came out, and it, like, really, like, hit me and, like, changed my life. It, like, shaped my adolescence in a way. Like, so you're, you're, yeah. are you confirming? I'm well, confirming. She us? confirmed she it via defi- email. Yeah, she definitely said that. Yes. Yeah, she confirmed a video. Because I, I can probably quote that entire special. <laughs> I still make jokes as if ever, like I still recite lines as if everyone <laughs> will get like my speed two cruise control jokes. <laughs> Who so, can ever forget when rush hour hit the water? Like that is a line <laughs> that she uses that I always use all the time. I have not seen Ginny Garofalo since then, um, and I and I've never. I have. Uh, no, I ha- I have seen her since. She then. dressed have, like she's going to a not... rave. <laughs> she, really? Yeah. Whenever I see her in the West Village, she's dressed like she's going to a rave. Maybe she's going to a rave in the West Village. Where For are dogs, the dogs? I assume because she probably also has like eight thousand dogs. I still. think. She, oh yeah, she's kind of. I don't know. Is that a thing Take about it. her? Well, she, that's from the that special was when she talks about when she got two dogs and became a dog person. Is that why she took her role in? That the truth um, about the truth. No, dogs. that was before. Oh, okay. Yes. Because she also funny. jokes about that. From that movie, <clears throat> um, speaking of things that changed you forever, in that movie, they do this thing where she plays a vet, I guess, and she talks about how you can relax a dog by like pushing its pressure points in its mm-hmm. ears. Yeah. And uh, ever since that movie, I've done that on pretty much every dog I've ever encountered. And I still My have no dog idea if is that's... actually passed out on the ground right now. <laughs> it's because I was rubbing its ears. Well, I, I don't touch the dog anymore. <laughs> but I'm, just I'm, do no one's favor. ever confirmed it for me, so I don't even know if it's true or if I've just been... Sued. I feel like I've done that to a dog and it did not go well. No, they never show you anything. But maybe of... that's where I got that from. <laughs> I thought dogs also like to be rubbed on their ears. Yeah. They, like there was like a, Yeah, so whenever I go, I kind of do like a shiatsu kind of mm-hmm. thing. But I it, do the exact same. Yeah. Huh. But it's all because of... I mean, Janine touched us all, I guess. She really did. Wow. Well, we're not here to talk about Janine, are we? <laughs> what a um, shame. I think I should sh- go. I, th- I came under <laughs> Thank you for coming tonight. It was great. Thank you so much for uh, having me. But no, me. I think it's it's strange that we had that. Um, I, I, you were a complete stranger to me. I didn't know you, you at all from anyone. And, and, and here you are sitting down next to me in my living room. Well, I'm glad it all worked out. It, <laughs> in the studio. In the in the in studio, the studio yes. I forget where I am sometimes. It's like that's <laughs> actually I learned that Dumbo. from Dr. Dre. That's what he always used to call the, the studio that we worked in when we did all those. <laughs> when you were producing Dre's together. albums, uh, you know what he <laughs> needed the help, and I was glad to give it. And, and um, look where he is now, so, selling, yeah, phones. selling it. <laughs> 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 Back in the living room. Uh, my living room, which is what we called the studio. Uh, we're here to talk about a film called Jeffrey. Yes. yes. Which is um, a very exciting uh, for everyone, I'm yeah. sure. especially oh, yeah. Except for maybe Steven Weber, who hasn't really done so much work lately, has he? Maybe he has. I, and probably I just the last thing he did that I can remember was the 
TV remake of The Shining. Oh, is Steven oh, remember the main guy? Yes. Yeah. Right. He was on Wings. Which was a huge successful a huge show. Successful American, maybe not the best sitcom, but it was very successful. The best syndication place for... in a local airport, <laughs> <laughs> in a small midwestern town. Really, I thought it was like in Hawaii or someplace with an island. Oh no, I feel it was like in Wisconsin. They... It was like oh, maybe it was. I just thought they were like they had flights on and off an island for some reason. But you're thinking of Gilligan's Island. Oh right, where they had the all of those flights yeah, on and off the flights. island, but yeah. they chose not to take them because they wanted to remain on the island. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that part of Gilligan's yeah. Island <laughs> when the professor <laughs> invented all those planes and they started a commercial airline. Yeah, it was um, very progressive. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a hub. It was not a United hub, but you know, <laughs> so they would get like a like an American Spirit would fly in every. You now get and layovers, then. sure. <laughs> Sure. I think it was back uh, the Piedmont Airlines mm-hmm. used to mm-hmm. fly through there. Did you ever take <laughs> Song? Or was it Song, the one with all the comics on it? Where all the flight attendants were stand-up comics or like they tried to be funny? Did you guys no. ever take that one? Oh, that sounds so horrible. I, it once I it think I would down. wish that that would be, sh- yeah, would crash. It was, yeah. I think, well, I think there, yeah, a lot of times it was, Um. Uh, I took it once if and it was song, horrible. Shouldn't it be singing? 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 People? I think I like don't know. all the singing telegrams were laid off when people stopped doing <laughs> telegrams. It was just like it became was, singing flight attendants. It was like as if you know, like a normal flight where the flight attendant does the thing with the seatbelt and does the thing, and everyone ignores it. Mm-hmm. It right. was like a, it was Very like a sticky. team of flight attendants that would not be ignored. You know, so right. they like had to. Everyone was like, well, you, you know, know what? tighten your seatbelts, like. or you're like, you know. Were they like prop comics? Yeah, it was, okay. just, it was just like a <laughs> like lot of like gigantic seatbelts. No, they just were just hamming together. it up, just okay. like a lot, yeah. <laughs> giant. Well, you know what people giant like? Giant pair of scissors. <laughs> yeah, just like lots people of noise. Love to laugh. A lot of banana yeah. peels. Love to laugh. And so when you have a captive audience like that, <laughs> oh, it's really want to work out some new material. There's yeah. nowhere that people want to laugh less, I think, than on an airplane. Oh God, just. I mean, why do they even bother going through those emergency? I guess they were required to by yeah. law, but I mean, come on, we're all just going to panic and scream, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to push over old ladies to get out. We're right? not going to walk quietly to the exit. Yeah. Single <laughs> no. file. We're going to murder. Other I'm people also to get there. I've also thought about that. I would instantly forget that any exit is behind me. Yeah, <laughs> instantly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Even You're supposed if the to remember, it could, lit. it could, the closest one could be right behind. I you. think I'd be like, there is no exit. There's no exit. <laughs> no, nope, have no I exit. Can't. Nope. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to let it happen. What were we talking about? Hacky comedians. Sorry, we're talking about um, <laughs> talking about the. Uh, Oh, the guy was in Wings. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Steve that was Weber. the whole airplane yeah. segue. The other guy, <laughs> did you guys recognize the other actor from I, The Pretender? Yeah. Well, that's I, what I it had was. to look it up. I get it confused with Silk Stockings, which Michael... are essentially the same. What's what? Silk Stockings? What was his name? It was another USA show back before USA like really broke down with Burn Notice and right. Royal Pains. Right. That that ilk. Was it? Because so you, you. La Femme Nikita. Nikita. Yeah, yeah it's Nat Nikita. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, but the pretender was a show. The other guy, whose name I I can't uh, remember, Michael something, the Michael something, yeah, yeah, who looks sort of I can't do it. It doesn't come across on audio, but he does that thing with his eyes all the time. Where yeah, and it's sort of, of like his his square jaw mm-hmm. flexes out a little. Yes, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. he was on a show called The Pretender, which my brother and I used to watch as teenagers and make fun of because it's like the premise of the show is he's like um, you know like the jackal, mm-hmm. where it's like he can. Ad- like the jackal is a master of disguise and uh-huh. can adopt all these different personalities or whatever and, and, and identities. The pretender is one step below that where he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't do any disguises. He just pre- literally pretends <laughs> to be different people each week. So he'll like walk into right. a hospital and they'll be like, 
where is, you know, Dr. Johnson? And he'll go, I'm Dr. Johnson. And then they'll huh. be like, you're not. We, you don't we know you're not. Like we know Dr. he looks Johnson. like <laughs> He'll be like, no, I am. And then he'll pretend so well that he'll convince everyone. Hmm. That's amazing. And then every week well, he I would moves believe, on to a different thing. I would tend to believe anyone with a jawline like that. It's, yeah. It's like, well, they're doing something right. Look at and the jaw. And that Caesar haircut, too. This, yeah. I trust very, that. I would very always 90s. trust that. Yeah. Very 90s with the this Caesar movie, haircut. I mean, that's watching this movie again, it's very dated, but in very specific ways. It is from a very specific time. Yeah. It's an HIV reaction movie, yeah. I guess. It's an AIDS so, comedy. It's you an could AIDS say. comedy. It's comedy. So yeah. it's far enough it's a rump, from... The one. <laughs> it's far enough away from uh, the tragedy that yeah. people were like, we can do a comedy. And it was mm-hmm. uh, written by Paul Rednick, yeah. uh, famous playwright, mm-hmm. um, who I don't know if he's made other films, but... Uh, he's certainly done other plays that I don't know. I also don't. I knew that I didn't, I don't actually know even, even know who, who that is, but I do know, I could feel that it was a play pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing about this movie is like, it is definitely from a specific time and a specific place. And it's from, um, it it deals with an issue. It's a little, almost a little uncomfortable to, about how, um, we, we deal with, with uh, well, I'm gonna get to that later. We'll get to that later. Right. But it's very watchable. It holds up because there's so much punchy writing mm-hmm. in it. It's so funny. There's funny lines. There's it's right. It's the the dialogue is clunky. <laughs> I was clearly less than you were. <laughs> wow. The di- <laughs> look, the dialogue is clunky. That's okay. I'll be Ebert. You be Siskel. With, I'll be Gene Shalit. <laughs> well, he's tall and thin. Right. Ebert was sort of round. Which one was Roper? Different. He's the one who's still alive. And Siskel died. Yes, Siskel died first, then Roger Ebert recently. Okay. Yeah. Why did you instantly make me? What did I say? Siskel and not Roper. If Roper is still going, who's Roper? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening right now? Who's it? Was Siskel and Ebert? Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. yeah but yeah. then Siskel died, and then Roper. And then Roper Why would you want to bring that up? It's so sad. It's because you instantly. And Ebert more. is also dead. <laughs> So I what? Know, but you had more years on. I, why don't we? One of us be Rex Reed. Who's that? No one wants to be Rex Reed. <laughs> so David, you're, you're, Sandy, you're Sandy. You're Sandy Kenyon, and I'm. You know who Sandy Kenyon is, right? No, he's the one. He's the one that screams in the taxi TV about the movies. Oh, he has a minute to scream in your God, face about thank movies. Thank you. I just wanted to go to Union Square, but instead, I guess I got yelled at. You're By him, Sandy Duncan. Who? No, Sandy Kenyon. Sandy Kenyon with the movie minute or whatever it is. He screams. Yeah. It's just him screaming. I see. I just hit that button to turn it right off immediately. I don't want. I don't care who's being interviewed on that stoop. I don't give a shit. <laughs> there is some really funny. Di- I mean, uh, funny lines. You're right. Yeah. The dialogue is clunky. Yeah. And it all. F- it feels like a play. It feels mm-hmm. like you're watching a play. The most on- annoying. I think that was kind of what brought me out of it a lot. I think was it does feel very much like a film to play. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think they really. Um, made it a different. I don't think they really adapted to the medium, you know? Right. Where it was like, there's that one, the one uh, scene, which is very clearly like screamed to me, like, I, I also, this is going to sound terrible, but I hate plays. <laughs> and so, and I hate everything about that. That's not terrible. One part of it where it's like, there's that play blocking, which just screams to me like, all the plays Are you talking I about the like, musical number that erupts? No, no, even that was fine for me. Okay. It was that one scene where the two characters are talking at a table and they have a red balloon 
and they like oh at the end touch yeah, yeah. the oh, balloon to yeah. each other and they they kind Ugh. of like do this like bat the balloon across the symbolism. table yeah <laughs> it's a callback as well <laughs> um but they walk around the table and they bat the balloon to each other and each one will like say a line and then bat the balloon and i was like this is the kind of this is play this is play shit i know this is like this is definite <laughs> this is what i hate about the theater, this is play theater with an re gross. it's like i just i saw the director like coming up with it on the day and being like yeah. hey like i got Grab a balloon and like just throw it in the scene and see. Why just is it work a callback? When does that happen earlier in the Well, film? because Nathan Lane's character who plays oh. the priest, like met, when he was like, Let me tell you what God is. Have you ever been to a party where there's a balloon and people just right. thro- start throwing it and no one can let it touch the right. ground? The balloon is God. Right. So that was a reference to that earlier scene. Well, I can't audibly roll my eyes, but well. I would if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it definitely feels like um It felt like I don't know. It, like the way that the the way that the scenes unfold definitely does feel like a play. Yeah. Um and there is like a Broadway style musical number mm-hmm. um with barrel rolls. And I don't know if you I don't know if, if this happens to you guys as well, but I think from maybe it's a generational thing. We're all in the same kind of like how old are you, Tom? I'm just turned thirty. Okay, I'm twenty Eight, about to turn twenty-nine. I just turned thirty. Yeah, <laughs> but like I, I, uh, anytime any character, lead character in a movie, uh, turns to the camera and address, <laughs> and everything freezes, it reminds me of Saved by the Bell, and that's yeah. all I can think. Okay, so it like ste- that actually steals any kind of, of uh, um, dramatic energy from it. I thought I bet Darren Star watched this. And, oh, definitely. Because that's what they did in the first season of uh, Sex and the City. They would do huh. those cutaways and like talk people talking directly yeah. to the camera. It did seem very much like Sex in the City. You're right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it had that feel too, which they did away with after maybe the first season of Sex in the City. Um, there were no longer those uh, cutaways um, of people talking directly to the camera. And they stopped using that um, that device where they'd have the two characters bump a balloon but in the, <laughs> between each other. Remember that where they sort of bop a balloon in the air. You know, when I watched it again this afternoon at work, which I was being very productive, obviously <laughs> finishing, I thought that was kind of sweet. But I don't know, whatever. Uh, but no, I think that I think that what yeah, yeah I mean, you if you're exactly right that it's watching it again. And as I told Ben, like five minutes before we started recording, I watched this about six months ago for the first time. So this is not oh, a movie okay. that I saw in the nineties. Um, so I have seen it and acknowledged it as being incredibly dated. In mm-hmm. fact, like. Whenever anyone mentions, like, this is the 90s, mm-hmm. everything's mm-hmm. different because it's the 90s. Right. And it's just like a lot of shoulder shrugging <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and it is such, I mean, it is obviously like it's poorly, poorly directed and composed. Right. Incredibly. Um, but I think that what I love about it, what still sort of holds up, and I think it's because um, it is so goofy. Yes. Which I think, considering the subject matter and, you know, Considering it's a play about AIDS, it's a comedy about AIDS, you kind of have to have it be so ridiculous so to spe- like lighten right. that a little bit. Right. Specifically, yeah. it's a comedy about being afraid of, yeah. of contracting HIV. Right. Which is very relatable. Yeah. Very relatable. And at the time, it was much more uh, people, it was very zeitgeisty for mm-hmm. sure. People were really. Um, and it wasn't going just, on. Yeah. And it wasn't just a. I feel like it's become again, or has always been a a gay thing, mm-hmm. like a thing for gay men to deal with. But at that time, I think it was something um, 
that had sort of become a straight problem too. Like non-homosexuals um, were also just had this gigantic fear because suddenly they were susceptible to this thing. Right. Um, so it, it reminded me a lot of like sex in the nineties type of stuff of like just people being just terrified of dating and like suddenly sex was no longer this fun, exciting thing because it was just so like dogged down with like the fear that right. hangs over you. Of right. death. Yeah. Right. And, and back then it really still was, um, they were, you know, there were, there were drugs that they were coming up with, right. but nothing so manageable. As right. What they have Everything. It was still now. like an unknown plague, I guess. When was all that? Do you remember they used to have that thing? I don't know if, when that happened, but or even why I know it is a thing, but that remember they used to have the thing where the people would, would rob convenience stores with syringes full of blood. That was Did like that around. Happen? That no. sounds like, I mean, that <laughs> sounds like that an urban thing? legend in the same way that like we were told to always check your seats when you go to the movies because What's someone that? could put a, a needle in the seat and inject you with yeah. HIV. Well, that's well, what Tyler, that sounds like to me. There was this like, <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, that was, a, that was something that ran rampant in the nineties. like, yes. Oh, it's not just something that you can get. It's something that people will give to you on it's purpose. Weapon, right. Yes. Which I think has something to do with just, Paranoia. Yeah, paranoia and homophobia and just like this is this yeah. like I agree. David, do you know my neighbors came back from Mexico with what they thought was a chihuahua? <laughs> <laughs> well do you know Was ben, it a syringe? Do you remember how it, <laughs> it was an AIDS syringe. Yeah. Is what do you remember it was. how that I had that lump on the back of my neck that was really itchy and it wouldn't go away? No. I scratched it full of spiders. Wow. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. Um I don't have kidneys because I got drunk <laughs> and woke up in two different tubs. So <laughs> that's what this machine is. It's my dialysis. I don't I can't process it's things. so quiet. Yeah. It's quiet. Whisper quiet. Yeah. No, I spent a lot of money it's on gotta it. Gotta be the Rolls Royce of, <laughs> of dial- dialysis machines. And velvet as yeah. well, which is such an interesting choice. <laughs> I um the only thing I would say uh is is, you know, um one time when I was in, I went my first time ever going to Starbucks ever. I went in Australia at 16, 15, and with my friends, and it was cool because it was armchairs and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we sat down, and there was something in my chair, and I was like, "Oh, that's a bit uncomfortable." And then I like was feeling around for it, and I pulled it out, an and it was needle. a syringe. No, it was a needle. No. It was, and but I didn't. It didn't prick me, but it was in the back of my chair. That was probably just like crack though <laughs> heroin that's no big deal <laughs> that's one of the safe needles yeah right? you just felt great for a couple of hours i mean but isn't that but that's just a, yeah. <laughs> it didn't that trick me that wasn't because so. someone was mean that was just because they that's were true. on heroin and forgot their syringe i'm so sure they were it was careless it was, I yeah. During, yeah. Um, yeah did it not mean probably to during uh, to... starbucks big um Heroin latte push. The heroin spice latte. <laughs> the heroin yeah. spice I latte. I did win. Yeah, White I women win. loved that in the 90s. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> nothing is as 90s as Starbucks heroin lattes. Yeah. Um, another thing that made this movie like so punchy and fun was there were all of these cameos <laughs> yeah. of like silly people. Yeah, there were so many yeah. famous people in it. Who there at was. the time were not really... That's uh, as someone well, who likes some of plays. Them were. Oh, well, so I well, mean, I guess at the time, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you Sigourney guys... Weaver, especially Sigourney Weaver, like steals the show with her one scene. Like I think that that right. She so Sigourney Weaver plays like um, an evangelist. Like, yeah, right. Like a neo, new age evangelist. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she's hilarious in that role. And other people but, are. But like... I thought 
Kathy and Jimmy stealed the scene away from her. Yeah. She was uh, very funny too. Yeah, she was hilarious. Um Nathan Lane. Who Nathan Lane, huge star. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, Olympia Dukakis. Olympia yes. Dukakis. Um Cameron um, Manheim. Who's that? Cam- I did notice that. Yeah. Who's Cameron Manheim? She was on the practice. She was oh, yeah, she yeah. was in it. Yeah, Wake yeah. up, I'm fat. I'm Cameron Manheim. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what uh, was that? That was her book. She had like a one-woman show. before. She had like a one-woman show in New York. I can't. Uh, when she, I mean, that's the thing. Like this movie, like has such roots in like New York theater. Like it's like Victor right. Garber had a scene in it um, at like the the regular vignette where they go to the um, Sexaholics Anonymous, basically. Oh, um, right. So Deborah Monk, who plays Jeffrey's mother, is a is a New York theater person. Um, so Catherine Mannheim had a show before she was big called Wake Up I'm Fat. About being well, she was big. When, yeah, I, can I say I also, and this is not going to be a surprise considering my last reveal. I also hate one-person shows. That's <laughs> that's fair. I think everybody hates them. They're to all some called extent. such stupid names. What was her? Oh, oh, sorry, what was her one called? Wake up, I'm fat. I hate it. I mean, well, that's, yeah, I one one-person like memoir hate. type of shows. Yeah, they're like written and performed by those are pretty bad. Like but yeah, like the community year, theater last ones. season. Last season on Broadway. There were many one-person shows like Holland Taylor played Ann Richards, the governor of Texas, the first female governor of Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, Alan Cumming right. did a one-man Macbeth, which I did not that see. Sounds, that also sounds, sounds hard. Sounds Midler did a sounds very athletic. good one-woman show uh, mm, where she plays pretty. Sue Mengers as Hollywood agent. She that sounds yeah, pretty that good as well. That was a fantastic show. You hate mm-hmm. it. That sounds good. You no, still, those are, like, sound all right. Oh, I'm more talking about those one, those like community theatery yeah, kind of like. like, and then I'm walking down this street. Right. Like a dry now martini. I'm my five-year-old cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. who wore this hat. Kind of like a right. Lily Now Tomlin, I'm a little like, Lily driver. Limo yeah, driver. exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Like a side of gray, a side of green beans hold the divorce. So what do you know? Like that. Well, yes. like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that one's so many Obies two years ago. You have no idea. <laughs> Past the green beans, hold the divorce. Yeah. The side of green beans, hold the divorce. Side like, of green beans, yeah. I always forget. One of my favorite one-person shows. Fanny Flagg was back. Fanny, <laughs> Fanny Flagg from The Match Game? Yeah. And Fried Green Tomatoes? What? She wrote Fried Green Tomatoes. Get out of here. I love no, Fried Green the Tomatoes. Book. She wrote the book. I had no idea yeah. that she wrote that. I wish Fried Green Tomatoes was in the gay lesbian and she was section. And she was a lesbian. It oh, it be. is. It's, it a, she's a very, it's a very gay is it really? It, oh, it might those, not be they are lesbian. Well, oh, Dolly's a lesbian, isn't she? Kind of, but they even though they never say you're it. thinking of a different movie. Who am I thinking of? What are you thinking? I'm thinking of the other one. Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. Um, yeah. yeah, it's still a very different no, movie. No, there are no lesbians in Steel Magnolias. <laughs> Why did I just, I automatically thought Dolly Fried Parton's Green character Tomatoes has Kathy Bates and Jessica Tandy, and Jessica Tandy's like an old lady who's telling stories from her right. life. And, and, um, oh, and then, and then Mary, Mary Louise, Louise Parker, Parker because and, you and, have, if Mary you're going to And Kathy Bates is her limo driver right and she drives her around yeah and at first yes at first jessica tandy it. hates kathy bates yeah they become oh, friends yes. because yes. it's a yeah. racial tension yes. between driving exactly. jessica tandy i think it was called to fried green tomatoes <laughs> driving <laughs> jessica tandy to fried green tomatoes yeah. i remember it no but Classic. fried green tomatoes is about lesbians it's, well we should watch that one subtle. huh well the i mean next stop. time I mean, <laughs> not instead of jeffrey Did i like fanny flag also write driving miss daisy no. Did Fanny Flag uh, write? Who um, is Fanny Flag? Steel Magnolias. No. Okay. There Who's we that? Go. That's... Fanny Flag was an actress. She was on this 
a game show called Match Game. She was a regular. She was one of the panelists. Oh, okay. She had red hair and she was southern and brassy. Oh, okay. Um, and then she was in Greece, the movie. She was the Who nurse. Did she put the nurse very briefly in the beginning. Iconic there role. The iconic role of the nurse. <laughs> It's like Everybody wants it. You know, in, in the beginning school. when Sandy's going to do her paperwork and she's just in the office and there's bustling. Oh. It's the first day of school and everyone's back and uh-huh. Greece is Still the word. Remember. And then Fanny Flagg comes in. She's like, ah, I'm the nurse. I'm Fanny Flagg. And then she's out. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. That's literally all I can tell you. <laughs> That's all the Greece I know. Yeah. Tell me more. But she wrote, her, and her second career, I guess, was a novelist. And she wrote, Fried, gr- fried green tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. A very successful, not that. just yeah. any novelist, a yeah. very huge. Also, successful novelist. she was a lesbian with Rita Mae Brown. Oh, who's who? Rita Mae Brown? Rita I don't know Mae anybody. Brown. Okay, well, I'm <laughs> really schooling you. I know you really are. <laughs> she was in this movie where she got drove driven around by Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Rita Mae Brown. Rita Mae Brown. I had do know Rita Mae Brown. <laughs> she was a, a, a mystery novelist, and her like oh, gimmick was that yeah. all of the. It was like an old lady and her cat solved mysteries. Like Miss Marple? Kind of, but with cats. <laughs> but she's not like the MS <laughs> for she, murder. And no, the, that's Sue Grafton. Oh, I don't know why. Sue Grafton, I'm like yeah. really dropping some unnecessary <laughs> trivia. You know um, what? I'm so glad I have your email address because I have so many other questions besides questions about Janine Garofalo <laughs> yeah. that I need to ask Please. you. And Apparently, all I, need murder murder I need to go back. I need to learn more. Stuff about everything. Who people this are. Is what oh, happens when you well, like live in a town of three hundred in Virginia and have no friends and you're gay and you just volunteer <laughs> at the library from eight, from seventh grade to twelfth grade. What you was the your, town's foremost for any fanny flag yep. expert? What was at, your as absolutely. someone who who as a, as a young as a young gay teenager, mm-hmm. right, volunteering at a library? What was your um, big like? Did you have like a book series? You like a youth book series that you loved? <laughs> um, I really like Christopher Pike. I mean, I read like R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike, but okay. Christopher Pike I liked better because it was like I don't know. I never read sex. Christopher Pike. Oh, wow. they were like darker and more fucked up. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. And then I and then I try and then I think I feel like I read more adult books. Did you ever read the adult R.L. Stein books? Oh, the ones where it was like for an older audience. He re- yeah, he wrote like one. That was like gonna change, and then it didn't do anything. I remember when it came out, but I didn't read it. I only remember because I bought one. I, my parents let me buy one when I was like fourteen. That was an older one, mm-hmm. and I spent the whole time being like, it was about a girl trapped in a mall, and there mm-hmm. was a killer in the mall. And I spent the whole time being like, that's a lot of the reference, like a lot of makeup and hair stuff, and like a lot of time was spent on talking about boys at the school and Wait, hair. But that's a, was that like a Fear Street book then? Not yeah, it was like a Fear okay, Street. Okay, yeah, he did write one like actual adult book. And then, oh really? Yeah, that I didn't. No one read. Oh, but then it turned out at the, end, at the end. At yeah. the end, the book I read at the t- at the end, it was like it. T- she goes and like has uh, oh, blow dries that? her hair with her friends or something, and it's some really like very like feminine, very much directed at girls. And then I really I only realized at the end, I was like, oh, this is a girls' book. Like I just read a girls' <laughs> book. I mean, I'd spent two weeks. Reading I a may book. I may know what book you're talking. I think it really? might have been Silent Night. Yes, it was. Yes, yes, it was. There were three Silent Night books. <gasps> They're all. Two it was, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I read this all is three. When you discovered that you were gay, that you had just read. I think read? I did feel cheated. Where I, I think I, I think it was a. I you wanted I, dudes to be fucking in this book, <laughs> not <laughs> girls doing their hair. <laughs> I just remember turning to my mother at some point and being like, "This book is not what I thought it was going to be." Where there's like, I was, I was expecting like, you know, camp monster blood or whatever, and yeah. this was like, you know. And then I it was like, if you're being chased by a killer. 
don't linger in the makeup section and oh. then list all the makeup you're looking at. Run. Just go into the vents. Well, teenagers are the dumbest and the worst. They are. So and I, guess I feel she did like get he out. captured that. So they're easy to kill and they deserve <laughs> yeah. to die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, I can't believe there's two other ones. I'm going to try and find them. Yeah. Amazon. But she gets out. Of, I'm not, to, not to spoil the first one, but she gets out luck. of the... She survives. Maybe she gets out of the She mall. survives. But she gets make out of the it into the sequels. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like sounds like a great but she I can't wait to hear how this turns out. <laughs> um, but this, I wish we could this review show isn't about reading. No, it's a show about reading. No. People don't have time to read anymore. I What's a book? Derailed it with Fanny Flag. Sorry. That's okay. Tune in next week for the second half of our conversation with humorist, journalist, all around nice guy, Tyler Coates. Anthropologist, archaeologist, heart surgeon, herbologist. Tyler Coates. Tyler Coates. Work. Work.